0: Has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is. As always, sponsored by our friends over at TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I, of course, cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks. And I would be willing to bet that y'all are having a good Monday because the 49ers got the job done. They kicked the Falcons' ass, thirty-one to thirteen. There's no other way around it. It was a beatdown in every way, shape, and form. Every chance the Falcons had at making any sort of a a run was immediately stuffed out by a really impressive defense, along with an offense that just did the damn thing. Uh, extremely well rounded. Just gonna, some of my takeaways from a from a from a game standpoint was. Probably the 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 bigger takeaway that I have from the entire game and just kind of the way things are flowing is the 49ers have really, really found a way to turn it around. And the 49ers players, the coaches, everyone in that building deserves credit for taking a season that was spiraling out of control really quickly. The 49ers had lost four in a row. They had lost five of the last six, and things were kind of falling apart, you know, and the narrative around the team was pretty beat up. You know, obviously we're talking about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing bad. What's the point of him being out there? Why aren't they playing Trey Lance when Jimmy Garoppolo isn't giving you anything a veteran is giving you? Oh, it's good that they traded away all these first round picks. Um, because they're going to have a high draft pick, you know, sarcasm, you know, Every at once once a season goes into the dumps, everybody's like, oh, well, how high is our draft pick? Well, that didn't matter for the 49ers because they tossed it away, gave it to the Dolphins to trade up and draft a uh, rookie quarterback, Lane. so that was just where we were at. I don't, don't want to go too far into that. That was where we were at, uh, you know, about five or six weeks ago, and the fact that the 49ers had lost four games in a row, and like I said, five of the last six, you know, taking you back there, they won those two road games against the Lions and the Eagles. Looked great against the Lions, and then that kind of fell. The floor kind of fell out as the Lions made a charge back and got within a score. Uh, Had a real scrap against the Eagles, which looking back seems like you know that that's still a good game, especially you're you're on the road in a in a tough stadium uh, against a a decent Eagles team that's still kind of clawing their way in it. Lost a close one to Green Bay, which like we said, still that's a decent game considering where Green Bay is right now uh, at the top of the NFC. Uh, And then you lose to a Seahawks team that didn't seem great at home. Then you lose to the Cardinals, you know, and Trey Lance's only game this season that everybody thought the Colts, which weren't in a great spot at that time. They are now they're a little better now. Everybody thought that was going to be a get right game in, in, in some horrible weather conditions, you know, they lost that. So at that time you're looking at again, four losses in a row. They squeak one out against the bears looked pretty good in that game. And then they lose again to the Cardinals. And this was not just any loss to the Cardinals because they were of course fielding Colt McCoy. And I think they didn't have Deandre Hopkins either. And they still managed to get their ass kicked. So that was just a dark a, a dark time, a tough time. And since then, the you know, the 49ers, you saw the turnaround. You immediately saw it. They, they came up against the Rams, who were doing great at the time, and they kicked their ass 31-10. to 10. Then they, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They beat the Vikings in a great game. Now they took a, a, a trip back to the lost column against the Seahawks in, in a game that they should have won. They just did everything they could to empower the Seahawks in that game, and it got out of control. And, you know, and obviously anytime you know you're going up against the Seahawks, it's not going to be a normal game. Obviously, last week, they won one in overtime against the Bengals, a good Bengals team. And then now they just beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Or excuse me, the Falcons. I get Mike Bird's confused, Uh, which is what they should have done. The Falcons were not a great team. The Falcons were not a great team. They were, what, 5 and – or 6 and 7 coming into that game. But at the same time, the 49ers were only 7 and 6. You had a 6 and 7 team versus a 7 and 6 team. So there wasn't really this, like, huge disparity. It kind of felt like there should be. You know, like the Falcons were kind of trending down, the 49ers were trending up, but at no point was this like, oh man, a trap game. The 49ers aren't in a position for that anymore. And so they've really, really, really turned this season around and they put themselves in a position where, you know, they've got three games left of the, you know, it's kind of wild to say that there's only three games left of the 2021 regular season. And on a short week, they're going to play the Titans this Thursday, uh, At Tennessee. So that's going to be a tough game against a good Titans team. I believe they just lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, which is weird. Uh maybe catching them at a good time. We'll see. Uh, But again, it's a short week. Then they come back home for the 49ers last game at Levi Stadium against the Houston Texans. A very winnable game. And then a game that could very well have some playoff implications, whether that's making it into the show or actually earning a better spot in the show is the final week 18 game against the Rams. Uh, That could, depending on how the 49ers do and how the Rams do from here on out that week 18 game at the Rams could be for the fifth seed. The 49ers right now, I believe are only one game behind the Rams. They're eight and six. The Rams are nine and five, I believe something like that. So it's very, very close and that game could, really determine that so you know just kind of the only reason i'm summing up the summarizing kind of the entire season right now is because that that to me is what's impressive about this win over the falcons the fact that the 49ers seem to have really righted the ship in terms of a a, a, an envoy that started out pretty horribly and that is just that's a special quality in a team it's a resiliency it's a you know, and if they can do that on the season, they can do it in a game. You know, we haven't really seen them have to do that, but they can go down big and come clawing back. They've already shown us that they can do that throughout the season. So I'm just really impressed with the way the 49ers have been able to do that. And it reminds me of how this team was in 2017 and, and even 2018 when Kyle Shanahan first took over. The 49ers were taken in a the chin. They were losing games. But being in that locker room, you'd never had a sense that that they were, you know, none of them like losing, but you could sense that they never lost hope in what they were doing or where they were going. And maybe that's still in that locker room in, in some way, shape, or form. The fact that the 49ers, despite you know losing that, that huge stretch of four games and five and six, they never really lost hope. and now they've turned it around. They're an eight and six football team, and they've got a real shot. They've got a very good shot at being in the playoffs. And once you get into the playoffs, crazy shit happens. You know so while the 40 ers don't uh, anybody watching the 49ers right now when you watch them do you see a playoff team by the way things unfold it's hard to say we do given some of the things that happen the mistakes that are made you know it's a little rough around the edges still but once you make it into the show folks anything can happen anything can happen so I'm not gonna put it past this team that they won't be able to do anything in the playoffs you know i'm not I'm not just gonna sit here and say oh well they could make the playoffs but they'll just lose you know they They, you know, we we can't say that crazier things have happened. So that just the fact that the 49ers are giving themselves a chance is a huge deal. And that resiliency is, it's like I said, that's a special quality. Another thing i like to see, i like to see from the 49ers in this game, and I'd like to see from the 49ers this kind of developing that the players were asked about in the player interviews after today's game is just this physicality, this physical brand of playing football. The 49ers are hitting hard. They're getting after the quarterback. They're making offenses, earn hard yards. Their offensive players are running over defenses. I mean... If you haven't seen it, go on my Twitter. It's not that far down. Debo Samuel straight up running through Falcon's corner, A.J. Terrell, and sending his mouthpiece flying into the air in the middle of the field for everyone to see. You know, that that is the type for an off. Usually, physicality is kind of like a defensive brand. Like, oh, man, we're going to be smacking these guys around because you don't have to worry about the player catching them all or running the ball. It's your job to just just hit the, hit the ball carriers and hit the players and the 49ers offense has an identity like that and even George Kittle talked about it he said man we're like I know we're on offense but there's a lot of times where we feel like we're the ones he doing the hitting and the defense is kind of responding to us and you saw that many times in this game uh what was the other one oh uh Matt Ryan tried to bless his heart tried to scramble into the end zone from like the two-yard line and out of nowhere comes Kwiatkowski tart to just I think I also tweeted a video of that one basically hit him so hard that it like sent him out of the camera frame so a lot of really really physical play from the 49ers as a whole on both sides of the ball and and no matter what's happening on the field if you can play physical if you can hit hard things might go your way and that and that's a great that's another great thing this uh this 49ers team has just started to develop you know they want to play A dirty, grimy, physical, bully ball, just brand of football that is just hard for offenses or defenses to cope with. And that was one of the first things Debo Samuel said when he was asked about smacking AJ Terrell in the face. He's like, there's not a lot of DBs out there that want to deal with that. And that immediately just reminds me of Marshawn Lynch in that interview saying, hey, man, eventually I realized that if I get the ball and just hit the defense over and 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 he says that that many times, they're not going to want to deal with that anymore. And and I'm starting to see that from the 49ers, you know, just in the way they're playing. They're playing a very punishing brand of football. And you saw that show up today against a not a great Falcons team, but a decent one. And one that still tells me that the 49ers are making moves. I mean, from, a, from a, a just a kind of an overall view standpoint, kind of like these are called the team stats from the NFL's like reporting website, if you just run down this, you can kind of see the the dominance in the game you know, total first downs, Atlanta 13, uh, 49ers 23. Did I even say the score of the game? The 49ers beat the, uh, the the Falcons 31 to 13. I don't even know if I said that, but who cares? We're just we're talking you got the idea. First downs Atlanta 13 49ers 23 third down conversions five of 13 for Atlanta that's well under 50 percent that's not great 49ers for six of 11 and that's over 50 percent that's where you want to be if you're over 50 percent you're doing all right total net yards for the Falcons was 275 the 49ers were 397 just under 400 yards that's a pretty lopsided stat right there the average gain for the Falcons was 4.7 yards. The 49ers were 7.1. That's a huge difference. The Falcons actually ran more plays than the 49ers, too, 58 to 56. I mean, and here's where it starts to get real wild. Rushing net yards for the Falcons, 62. 49ers, 162. And then what's what really spoke to me about this 49ers offense was the Falcons threw for 213 yards in the air, the 49ers for 235. So, not only did they outrush the Falcons by 100 yards, but they outthrew them too, which is not, you usually, it's kind of a give and take. You don't really expect an offense to dominate on, in both facets like that. And the 49ers did it. I'm trying to see if any of these else, you know, obviously four touchdowns to one. The Falcons only got in the end zone one time. And uh, even that, If you, uh, if you watch the game shouldn't have happened or at least shouldn't have happened right then. So trying to see here, none of these other stats really stand out to me too much. The time of possession was almost split 50%, uh, 29, 33 to 30, 27. So it was in terms of uh, holding onto the football was very even. It was just what was done with the football was drastically different. And there's a lot of things to attribute to that. Let's start with the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo played a very 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 efficient game but didn't necessarily seem like he was just taking what the defense was giving him. He was pushing the ball down the field. Uh he averaged 10.2 yards per completion. You know, some of that is is yards after the a lot of that is yards after the catch, but but there was a, you know, if if there was kind of a depth of target statistic for this game and I'm sure that's out there. I'm I, I don't think it was probably too Shallow for Jimmy Garoppolo. He seemed like they were. They, he was pushing the ball down the field a little bit. He completed 18 of 23 passes, which is just under 80%. That's impressive. And still managed 235 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions, no fumbles. That's huge right there for a 123.7 passer rating. I believe perfect is 153.6 or something like that. He spread the ball around too. You spread the ball around. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different players caught a Jimmy Garoppolo pass. George Kittle led the group with six catches for 93 yards. George Kittle, man, holy shit, dude. That guy just – I tweeted out during the game that that man takes Frank Gore's place for every time he gets the ball, when he gets up, he just seems half dead. Or like three things are broken – He's about to collapse back down, and it's of no fault to George Kittle. The dude plays one of the toughest brands of football I've seen in a long time. He just, just always seems like he's kind of falling at weird angles. People are smacking into him. He's going over the middle. On one play, he was fighting like four Falcons defenders to gain more yards, and I don't know. I think it might have been Grady Jarrett, Falcons defensive lineman, uh george kittle did mention him in the press conference just comes flying into the frame and just gets a free shot on kittle right on his arms and where he's holding the ball and i think george kittle got up and was like shaking his arms like god damn he got hit hard 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 it's like the price to pay for fighting for more more yards but that man dishes it and he takes it like he just is constantly he he just looks like he's always hurt and he probably is he's just a tough son of a bitch and he just plays a very 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 physical brand of football that just kind of makes me cringe to watch it's like every time he goes down you're like up that's it you know he's hurt it's it's just a weird weird dynamic Debo Samuel doing the damn thing actually got to catch some passes 40 yard four catches for 60 yards rather than just being one of the 49ers Uh, running backs which he still did he had six carries for 30 yards and a touchdown so Debo Samuel in the backfield has not stopped Brandon Ayuk only had one catch but it was for 36 yards on a beautiful pass from Jimmy Garoppolo on a quick slant boom put it right on him and Brandon Ayuk just darted straight through the middle of the defense up the field it was pretty it was pretty uh, Juwan Jennings had a rough game, had a few drops, had a couple drops, but at the same time he had three catches for 28 yards and he scored a touchdown on a beautiful little five-yard out right out at the goal line. Jimmy Garoppolo, perfect pass, pinpoint, put it on him, and uh, that was that. So you could just see the diversity in in the way they were attacking the Falcons through the air. Just so many people getting involved. Jeff Wilson Jr. had two catches. Kyle Ustick had one. Michael Hasty had one. It was it was good to see. The the 49ers passing attack looked well oiled. It looked efficient. It looked good. Um I don't know how the Falcons have fared in terms of pass defense. I didn't get to break down this game uh for you guys on Thursday uh because I had other stuff going on. So I don't really know how they fare in terms of pass defense, but I know AJ Terrell hasn't been giving up a lot of yards and, and the 49ers got a lot of yards. I don't know how many how much of them were on him. But it, it, just to kind of further to like illustrate the well-roundedness, the 49ers also had, you know, they did all that through the air. They averaged 13.1 yards a catch. They also averaged 5.1 yards a carry on the ground. That's a first down every two plays for you mathematicians out there. Jeff Wilson Jr. led the group, 21 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. Dude looked like typical Jeff Wilson, man. He was running with some pure anger, you know, with darkness in his heart, as he would say. And he looked good, man. He looked good. He was running hard. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, rookie running back, who's kind of developed into the 49ers man, this, you know, the man in the backfield, he apparently is dealing with some knee soreness. So I I mean, hopefully that's not serious. He, he was dealing with, the concussion, he's been dealing with the rib injury, and now he's kind of got knee soreness going on. So hopefully he's able to get back out there because him and Jeff Wilson Jr. would make an incredible one two combination for what the 49ers have right now. But, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. is holding it down, but we'll see. You know, he had a Jeff Wilson Jr. had a lot of touches today. He's still, you know, getting over that knee injury. We'll see if that flares up if it has any problems you never know with those injuries so hopefully he's all good after after just seeing some extended touches pretty 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 solid display from the 49ers offense it was a joy to watch you go back and watch that game and and it the only here's my only issue with the 49ers offense right now and i i know i don't like to get negative after You know, after wins, after I have a chance to be positive, that four-game win streak, losing five out of six, that gave us plenty of chances to be negative. But the one problem I have with the 49ers' offense right now is the fourth quarter. You go back to the 49ers' performance against the Bengals last week when it got pushed into overtime. In the fourth quarter, 49ers' possessions were six, six plays punt, four plays punt, five plays punt, 10 plays, missed field goal. Obviously, they went into overtime, and they got that game-winning drive for a touchdown. But in the fourth quarter, it went punt, 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 missed field goal. Now, you go over to the 49ers game against the Falcons. You go to their possessions. And in the fourth quarter against the let's, – let's just go through the whole game because it's it's impressive as it is. Unfortunately, the 49ers special teams, we'll get into that, started it off with a fumble, and the 49ers, when they got the ball back, Talk about that too. That's more of a defensive thing. Uh, they immediately had to punt after three plays, three and out. After that, 11 plays, field goal, eight plays, touchdown, six plays, touchdown, four plays, touchdown, 10 plays, touchdown. That is an impressive little streak right there. And that is where the impressive streak stops because now you're in the fourth quarter. The 49ers went three plays, punt, three plays, punt, nine plays, punt. And I understand the 49ers are trying to clock, to, to two clock. They're probably not being very aggressive with the play calling, but that is not the time to drag things out. That's the time to, to seal things up. That's the time to put the game away. And the 49ers seem like they're kind of goofing around in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Let's go back to just for curiosity's sake. Let me see if they bucked this trend against the Seahawks. They did not in against the seahawks that will just go their whole second half fumble safety interception punt punt downs they didn't score a point in the second half against the seahawks so you've got three games of solid data of the 49ers just kind of shitting the bed in the second half slash fourth quarter I don't want to completely say second half because they were decent against the the Bengals. Excuse me. No, they weren't even that great against the Bengals in the third quarter. They only got a field goal, but they were decent against the Falcons on Sunday in the fourth quarter. They had two touchdowns. So it, I'm not trying to identify a trend here, but it's clear. I guess I am. What, the, what am I talking about? The Forty Nine ers are struggling in the second half. They're struggling in the fourth quarter. It should be the inverse. If you're going to struggle, struggle earlier in the game and then come out and punch him in the mouth in the second half and take the game. You know, that, that's kind of a concerning statistic for me. The 49ers' offense looked good against the Falcons, but they still found a way to shit the bed in the fourth quarter. And, and that just can't be. It's a fourth quarter. You got to close out a game. If you're winning, you got to close it out. If you're losing, you got to bring it back. And I, I don't know how, if the 49ers are showing me, you know just for curiosity's sake that was the Seahawks game. Let's even go back to what was the game before that? Was it the uh, the the Vikings? No. See, they played good in the in the fourth quarter against the Vikings, right? No, they didn't. <laughs> Damn. Uh in the third quarter they were good. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt, field goal, but in the fourth quarter they had a missed field goal and then it was the end of the game. They only got the ball one time. Um you know, they did drive the ball 12 plays for 67 yards took up seven minutes and eight seconds of so i'm I'm getting a little too ahead of myself i think you guys are picking up picking up what my i'm putting down 49ers need to be better in the fourth quarter all right hey let's talk defense might have been, you know, the, the the ace in the hole against the Falcons. Let's talk defense. But before we do that, let's get a quick word in from our friends over at TickPick. 49ers football is well underway. They're in the playoff hump. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Okay, because that's tick pick. T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket sign, and they're the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of your NFL tickets. And if you do not believe it, and you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. What do you have to lose? Jump on TickPick.com slash gold today. You're going to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Folks, the 49ers have one home game left. It's week 17, January 2nd, 2022 against the Houston Texans. Get your asses to that game and show off. TickPick.com slash gold. You're going to save 10 bucks. Do it. All right.
0: Freaking do it. Let's go. We're driven by the search for better. You need Indeed.
1: Go. All right. forty. Speaking of Let's Go, 49ers defense was something to behold against the Falcons. It was something to behold. It was impressive. It wasn't always perfect, And, and I don't think it can be with the amount of injuries the 49ers are having to push through. There's going to be times where those absences rear their ugly head like it did at corner, like it's constantly doing at corner. But it was a very, very impressive effort from the 49ers. There were like four times where the Falcons got inside the 49ers 10-yard line and they didn't and they scored 3 points from those trips. Those four trips they scored 3 points total the Falcons did. And <clears throat> the very first play of the game, Jamichael Hasty fumbles the kickoff and the Falcons get it on the 49ers 12-yard line. They ran six plays for 11 yards. They got to like the 6-inch line with a run from Corderell Patterson that was initially ruled a touchdown. They reviewed it. He was down. And you're like, well, they're, it's procedural. They're going to get in anyways. Tell that to the 49ers defense who pushed them in three plays, pushed them back yard, culminating in. Let me go to the let me go to the playlist. I just want to I just want to get this right. Okay, there's the quarter L touchdown. They threw an incomplete pass that you could tell was kind of a surprise play, and Warner was in coverage, wasn't going to let that happen. Quarter L Patterson then ran to the right end, got stuffed by Eric Armstead, and then they ran a, uh, a pass. They, t- they took a timeout, and then they had a pass to Kyle Pitts, and Eric Armstead kind of got – it says he's the one that, uh, that broke it up. I, I can't remember exactly how that play went down. But, man, that was just like uh, foreboding of what was to come. Foreboding of what was to come. I mean, you can look right here. You can look at where the drive, um, the last play from scrimmage. 49ers 1, how did the 49ers 1-yard line, how did it end up? Giving up the ball on downs. 49ers 4-yard line, how did it end up? Field goal. 49ers 8-yard line, how did it end up? Giving it up on downs. 49ers one-yard line. How did it end up? Giving it up on downs. That is so damn impressive for a defense to just, you know, they all, you always hear that saying, bend, not break. But here's where it wasn't really the defense bending that much. The longest drive the 49ers gave up all day was 76 yards, and the next longest one after that was 58 because the Falcons were constantly getting the ball in very good field position. On that note, the 49ers special teams has a serious problem, and they need to fix it now. I don't know what the solution is. I'm not going to call for anybody to be fired. I don't know how to fix it, but they have got some fixing to do. Okay, because here's where the, the all of the – I'm going to just list where all of the Atlanta Falcons' drives started. They started at the 12. What they get? Nothing. Turnover on downs. They started at the 49. What they get? A field goal. Started at their own 21. Punt. Started at their own 35. Now, now, now that's where I'm gonna start. Let me let me actually just let me take a step back. Let me slow down. I'm gonna show you how many of these drives started in, in ideal field position. 49ers 12. Yeah, that's ideal. 49ers 49 yard line. That's ideal. Atlanta's 35 yard line. That's ideal. Atlanta's 40-yard line. That's great. Atlanta's 31. Still decent. Atlanta's 34. Good. 49ers 47 look how many drives the atlanta falcons got to start at at least their 30 yard line or above at many times well above and and many times in 49ers territory the you know, 49ers special teams was just shit in the bed they were punting the, they were giving up punts they were muffin punts they were giving up big returns they were fumbling kickoffs they were kicking short kicks It was just a really weird display from the 49ers special teams, and it constantly set the defense up in a rough spot, and the 49ers were having nothing to do with it. You talk about this defense. I mean, the fourth quarter, the 49ers offense had two three-and-outs and and then a nine-play drive that didn't really result in anything. Despite that, the 49ers defense still held the Falcons to a punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, and the end of the game because they got to come in and run one play. It was just – it didn't matter what the 49ers threw at their defense. They rose to the challenge. It was so impressive in so many different ways. It was – and, you know – even the Falcons one touchdown that they did get on third down Samson, not Samson, Arden key. Who's just been a great signing for the 49ers Arden key sacked Matt Ryan from behind. He, he shed his blocker and he was kind of like three feet from Matt Ryan. And he just kind of dove forward and sacked him from behind, wrapped his arms around him. Matt Ryan fell forward. Arden key fell forward with him. It wasn't like Arden key was driving forward and, and driving him into the ground, Arden Key's feet were flat, toes on the ground. He dove forward, almost think of a wide how wide receivers toes are when they're toe tapping. That was kind of how Arden Key was because he dove forward, and once he hit Matt Ryan, his feet were just kind of flat against the ground, and and they went down, and he fell on top of him, and and that was it. And they flagged him for roughing the quarterback for putting his weight on him when there was nothing he could have done. There was literally no other way he could have done it because of the fact that he kind of like left his feet and was kind of diving forward. It wasn't a rough sack. It didn't look brutal. It was just a sack and he got flagged for roughing the passer. That would have set the 49, uh, the Falcons up with a fourth down with uh, with very long to go. They wouldn't have gone for it. They would either kick the field goal or punt it depending on how far it pushed them back. But instead they get a free 15 yards, a first down. And on the very next play, uh, they throw it to Russell Gage who mosses rookie cornerback Emery Thomas who had a really 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 rough day. I'll talk about him in a little bit. And that was their one and only touchdown of the game. And, and it didn't even feel like they deserved that. And what was interesting about that is after that touchdown, if it, it like the it felt, field, it field like it felt like the 49ers defense were like for lack of a better term, fuck this. Okay? Because the Falcons got that touchdown, then they come out in the second half immediately the 49ers defense starts off with a Nick Bosa force fumble sack fumble um Fred Warner recovers the 49ers drive right down off of that and score a touchdown and the the Falcons got a field goal on the next play on the next drive but then after that they got nothing else it, it just after that play i feel like the whole team almost felt like they were st- slighted by that call because it was a horrible call and i even put in my notes like i don't know how the rest of this game is going to go down but these are the types of call that alter games that change games when when you're when you're calling a a roughing the passer penalty that's not an obvious call it's a ticky-tack call it's a bad call even the uh, the rules analyst uh gene stellator i believe his name is came on and said ah, i don't know about that one that was rough i wouldn't have wouldn't have hit him with that You're talking about a a full swing. Either the Falcons are now held to a field goal or they have to punt, but instead they get a touchdown. And it's just, those are the types of calls that you look back on. And there are very few calls that I believe have the ability to sway a game because there's so much that happens and so much that could be done to make up for stuff like that. But when you get like a touchdown swinging call like that, like it's hard to overlook that stuff. Um, But the 49ers found a way to, to, to recover from that. And it really seemed like it sparked a little bit. And one of the players that I felt really kind of took off after that spark was Jimmy Ward. And he had in one of the 49ers, uh, fourth down stops. I think it was the one that was on the 49ers eight yard line on third down can't remember who caught the ball, but they threw the ball left, and it was initially tackled by, I believe, Josh Norman, and then Jimmy Ward just comes flying in and, bam, hits him, and it, it kept him one yard shy of just converting the first down. So it was fourth and one uh, from the 49ers, like, I don't know, 10-yard line, nine-yard line. So they only needed that one yard, and they went for it on fourth down, and then Jimmy Ward was the player that made the play on fourth down as well. So, and they really just tried to run it to the left. Jimmy Ward just came flying through the blockers and made the tackle in the backfield. Probably like a two-yard loss for fourth down. He played a really, really good game. Now, there were a couple of deep passes that maybe Jimmy Ward could have gotten involved in, but it's tough. You don't know the defensive scheme. I don't know it. I don't know where he's supposed to be. Um, On the other end of the thing, you had Ambry Thomas, the 49ers' third-round rookie, who since Emmanuel Mosley suffered a high ankle sprain is is out there. Emmanuel Mosley's going to miss a few, three, four weeks. The 49ers go into the postseason, he may not even be back for it. We'll see. Ambry Thomas, 49ers rookie, third round pick, came into the game, and he really got manhandled. I'll have to see the more advanced statistics. I would probably say he gave up maybe 120 yards and the touchdown where he got mossed. But here's why I'm not too down on Ambery Thomas. And and I understand a lot of you guys are probably like, huh? But in the, in the past, when he's gotten onto the field, he's been pretty well handled, and it wasn't close. You know, like a lot of times, the person he was matched up against created plenty of separation, made the play. Ambry Thomas just kind of follow him along. In almost all of the plays today where he did give up a catch, I can't say it was everyone because I don't remember everyone in his reps, he was in pretty good coverage, and he was by the receiver near the receiver in phase at least in position to make a play and he just kind of has to develop that killer instinct uh, of being a corner and how tough that position is to play and seizing that moment i mean even on the touchdown where he got mossed, he was he was right there with the receiver his he was in a position where he should have turned his head around he got his head around he found the ball and he just kind of allowed that receiver to out physical him and that's that seems like it would be a trait common for a rookie you know, when you're just not really used to how physical the game is and how big the receivers are and how physical they play and how high they could jump and how hard they're going to fight for that ball. And, and, you know, the same thing happened with Kyle Pitts. He, he had a big play on on Amory Thomas, and Amory Thomas was was within about a yard. on that. I think that was the one where he, he really didn't have a say in Kyle Pitts catching the ball because he got beat pretty – not pretty bad, but he wasn't in position to make a play. You know, and then there was that other play where Amber Thomas almost had his first career interception. He was playing over the top on Kyle Pitts, did a great job. Matt Ryan threw it out there. Amber Thomas went up to get it. And he kind of had it in his chest. And then Kyle Pitts came along. And I think Kyle Pitts was trying to play defender, kind of break it up, but he actually was able to snatch the ball away from him. And they had to review it to see if he caught it. So it was um it was a very it was a definitely a down day for Amber Thomas. But it seemed like an improvement in in his location on the field, where he was in relation to receivers, how tight the coverage was, where he was on the field, and I feel like that gives me a little hope that he can he can develop off that. if, if depending on how he's coached and what his coach has to say, there may be some positives you know, because like, hey man, you were there, you're here. you're, you're where you need to be in this moment. We just got to take that next step and that's, that can give him hope. So hopefully, despite the fact that he gave up some big plays quite a bit. Um, I do feel like I, I would continue to roll with Ambry Thomas if he's if he's winning his reps in training camp and or training camp during practice during the weekend, and he deserves to be out there. I'd like to see the 49ers continue to roll with him. He's a third round pick, man. You gotta let these guys fight through that. Even Jimmy Ward, after the Bengals game, where Ambry Thomas understandably against a receiver's that good, struggled. Even Jimmy Ward was like, man. Look at my rookie year. I, I had to go up against Brandon Marshall, maybe a future Hall of Famer. And he scored three touchdowns on me. And now Jimmy Ward is obviously excellent. One of the better safeties in the NFL. So I would just urge everyone to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Now, if a player is a clear liability, they're targeting him, which they were. I, I saw one fan tweet that it reminded of that, that Brian Allen game from last year where he just got absolutely torched. I get it. And and if it's really that bad, you have to take him out just for the sake of the rest of the defense. but. I saw a little glimmer of hope there. And, and, you know, you don't want to just stomp a man's spirit if he's showing improvement. Didn't do great against the Bengals. Didn't do great against the Falcons. But to me, showed clear improvement. And maybe next game, if they're trying him in the same way, maybe he breaks up that pass this time. And and that's when you start to build confidence. You know, like that to me is is when you can really see strides in a player. It doesn't matter at what level. Like, you already know they have the talent and the ability. But if you can start building that confidence, whoo, like like start finding little wins to feed that confidence and that swagger starts to come out and you know it, that belief in oneself to just do the damn thing and, and it doesn't matter if you get me this way, I'm gonna get you next way. once you can start to build that up a little bit, um you know and, and I want the 49 ers to give Ambry Thomas a chance to do that and and if he can find a way. Uh, to not get in his own head and fight through these struggles and then start making plays and build that confidence. You, you can have a good player. He he's got talent. He's a good corner. Um, He just needs to, he needs reps. He needs to keep going. So I wouldn't really want to see them give up on him too quick, but I I would understand if they do, because you got a whole team out there. You got 10 other defenders. You can't just put a guy out there for the sake of your own pride and what you want to see when, when in reality he's making the defense vulnerable. So, um, uh, it, you know, not a great game for maybe Thomas, but I, you know, as for me, I just want to see more. I want to see more from him and see what he's capable of, of evolving into just kind of rolling through the defensive stacks. Um, uh, let's lead off with Nick Bosa, who he only really had one tackle, but he did have one sack. Excuse me. One sack for four yards. I was just looking at the stats wrong. One sack for four yards. I believe that take Nick's, but that takes Nick Bosa up to 14 sacks on the season, with three games remain, maybe if he just went shit, he could get up close to Alden's, Alden's franchise record of 19 and a half. Uh, but just the fact that he's flirting with it, that he may end the season with 16 sacks, 15 sacks, 17, whatever, man. Like Just pay that, man, and just get it over with. The surprise player to me in this game was Arden Key, who, like I said, had one sack wiped out by a shitty call. He had another sack. He had a quarterback hit that that kind of swayed the game. The Falcons were marching down the field and they had an open receiver that kind of found a hole in the, in the zone, right on the goal line. Matt Ryan saw him and started to throw it to him. But Arden Key came in and boom, hit him hard and as the ball was being thrown and the ball fell incomplete, didn't make it there. And he basically saved the 49ers a touchdown on that play. And they Falcons had to settle for a field goal. So a very, very good game for Arden Key, huge game for Arden Key. He was, he was, He's been a pretty underrated player. I think he's got five or six sacks on the season. That's good stuff. And, and I know while I'm talking about Arden Key, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what about Samson Ebukam? The 49ers gave him a pretty good contract, and he had a great game too. He had three total tackles. He had a sack of his own. He had two quarterback hits, and he was around the ball constantly. I was pretty impressed by the game he had. Pretty impressed by the game he had. You know, and Avery Thomas, we were just talking about him. He still finished with two technically two pass breakups. So, so there's... There's some, there's some hope there for him. Fred Warner, of course, nine total tackles, a quarterback hit, a pass breakup, a fumble recovery. Like he was – Fred Warner was – he was annoying the shit out of the Falcons defense, uh, offense, and he was loving it. He was flying all over the place, hitting people. One guy, offensive lineman, pushed him. He pushed him back. And I understand you're like, oh, an offensive lineman versus a linebacker? That's kind of a mismatch. But you have to see Fred Warner in person. That man is a hard 6'3". Pushing 6'4, 240 pounds. Like he looks like uh, an action figure. So uh, he can scram with anybody. Eric Armstead also had a good game, uh, Was was just in the mix, five tackles. He had his own quarterback hit. Uh, it was impressive. Jawotsky Tart was all over the place, left the field briefly uh, for an ankle injury, I believe, but came back in. Uh, he had four tackles. The 49ers defense was just flying, just flying all over the place. It was really, really, really impressive to watch. And, uh, you know, it's it's encouraging because the 49ers defense has dealt with some serious injuries. Dre Greenlaw, not out there. Um, Aziz Alshire, who might be the 49ers' next star linebacker, along with Fred Warner, uh, you know, he. I don't know if I ever got to report this to you guys because, of, because I missed last Thursday, but what seemed like it may have been a serious injury for Aziz Alshire. I saw even tweets from, you know, doctors on Twitter talking about the possibility for like a chest tear based on the way he injured it, but it ended up being just an elbow sprain for Aziz al and and he missed this game, but maybe he makes the game the game against the Titans. And and he's been having such a great season. So that's huge for him. That's that's very, very good news for the 49ers. My apologies if I hadn't hadn't got a chance to mention that on the podcast yet, but you know, you you don't have Dre Greenlaw. Aziz Shire is out right now. You lose Jason Verrett in the first game of the season. You've lost uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Josh Norman and, and rookie Ambry Thomas are out there. You don't have Javon Kinlaw out there. You know, there's so many injuries for the 49ers. You know, it's, their key players are still out there. The Fred Warners, the Eric Armsteads, the Nick Boses. Um, and they're, they're much more than that. Kwan Williams, uh, they, they've got a lot of contributors right now, but... They've overcome a lot of that, and they're still a very, very solid defense. Wouldn't surprise me if they were technically top 10 in a lot of these stats, these DVOA stats and stuff like that. The 49ers defense has just risen to the occasion, and this was kind of a marquee game for them, man. You're talking four times the Falcons were inside the 49ers' 10-yard line, and in those four times they came came away with three points. That's nuts, folks. That is something to be happy about. And to me, that seems like a great place to end it. I, I'm I'm very impressed with what the 49ers were able to put together against the Falcons. I like it. I, I like where this team is going, but you can't stop here. The 49ers, um, this was such a huge The other reason this is a huge win, I haven't talked about it. I believe going into this game, the 49ers had like a 75% chance to make the playoffs. With this win, that chance jumps up to right at or just under 90%. If they would have lost this game against the Falcons, their playoff hopes would have gone down to like 20 to 30%. So think about That's a 60% swing of making the playoffs. A win, you're in the high 80s to 90. A loss, you're in the low 30s to 20. Like that is, the stakes were high for this game. And while the Falcons may not have been some Super Bowl caliber team, the stakes were very high for this game. And that's an impressive win for the 49ers. And I'm I'm excited for them, and, but it, it ain't over yet. I believe technically the 49ers probably need to win one of the next three games. You've got at Titans, home game against the Texans, at Rams. I think just based on the way things are playing out, if the 49ers win one of those games, they'll make it into the playoffs. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's the position they're in. If they can win two, then especially that week 18 game against the Rams. Oh, boy, that could have some implications. Then they, you know, we're talking playoffs. We're talking playoffs. As crazy of a roller coaster that this season has been, we are talking playoffs for the eight and six 49ers, and that should excite you. And let's end on that. I appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to striking gold. I hope you're having a phenomenal Monday morning, which was when this should be published coming off a 49ers win again, 31 to 13 over the Falcons did their damn thing and the playoff race is on, but won't be much time. Okay. The next game is on Thursday. The 49ers have a short week against the Titans in at Tennessee and we'll see what they do against a very, very, very good Titans team. I believe they're nine and four. Um, got to be ready for that got to get up for that got to just just rise to the occasion i mean obviously you want the 49ers to win but i just want them to put up a show and put on a show show that they can compete with good football teams which they're showing that they can but you got to show it day in and day out i know i'm sounding like a coach right now bye ben but anyways y'all know what's coming um, i will probably jump in here on jump on here on wednesday that way, the pod can be out on Thursday morning before the game. We'll talk about what we're seeing from the Titans and what the 49ers have got to do to lock that one up and uh, make their damn push for the playoffs. Let's go. Again, thank you for listening to Strike and Gold. I very, very much appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for all the random comments and stuff I get on on Twitter. I love that shit, man. So if you uh, if you follow me on Twitter and you also listen to the pod, you know, when something comes up and you want to drop me a, drop me a line, drop me a line. I love, I love reading. Uh, Make sure you're listening to the pod, downloading the pod, subscribing, uh, rating, reviewing, commenting, all the stuff you could possibly be doing to support the pod. Please do it. It it means the world. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for making Striking Gold what it is. I'm Rob. You are here at the Striking Gold Podcast. I appreciate you. But for today's episode, we are signing out.